Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and my good buddy, the salary captain, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. It is, for me, it's my Friday, because it's actually Friday. I think you have one more day to go, right? Yes. It's not quite your, like, tomorrow's your Friday. Yes. Saturdays are technically my Fridays. Um, So I'm excited for tomorrow. Into the week we made it. (laughs) Yes. And we're actually recording a day late because, well, I'm going to be just straight up honest. You know me. I like to do the full honesty, full transparency. And uh, my ass passed out during the game last night. Uh, Not surprising given uh, it, it was quite the blowout. Score a little bit misleading because it was a straight up ass whooping whooping and uh i fell asleep at some point during the second half and woke up after midnight uh mountain time and realized that uh oh it was much too late at that point to record so we had to reschedule for tonight apologies again my good friend aaron i know you don't give a shit really but so i'm glad i, I go with back. the flow yes exactly. i go with the flow i was sitting there i was like oh, i haven't heard from ryan uh, well, you know, just, just I, I have things uh, that I was working on at the side and um, I can't, I don't think it, yeah, I was like, uh, just went, yeah, I don't think we're doing a show tonight <laughs> and I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Good, man. So speaking of the game, the Colts, uh, as we talked about on the last pod, thought it might be a little more interesting given the uh, Derrick Henry news with the Titans. And uh, they they looked pretty good. Jonathan Taylor in particular, uh, 172 yards, two touchdowns, along with two catches for 28 yards. Hell of a game for him. Uh, just killed it. Killed it. Naheem Hines had a good game. Michael Pittman as well. So uh, good display from the Colts offense and the the Jets well Mike White got it going a little bit and then got hurt and then Josh Johnson comes in and didn't play terribly but uh and hey you actually got some action from your guy Elijah Moore there we go seven catches 84 yards two touchdowns so very good waiting. game for him. Yeah, it's They're a nice game from him. For that. <laughs> very good to see. And it came with Josh Johnson, a quarterback, who's actually a comedian. And uh, you should check out his album, Hashtag. I was listening to it earlier. It is fucking great. Uh, particularly the bit about a bee flying in his hair. Uh, yes, this is fantastic. material. So I highly suggest check it out. Anyway, Josh see, Johnson, one of the, the quarterback. I to do real quick. Huh? Yeah. I, I want, well, sorry. I'll let you finish that thought because I'm going to be no, counting something because oh, I'll, okay. I'll have something after you finish. So let's see. Um, what the hell was I saying? Now I'm doing what you were doing. Um, Josh, Josh Johnson. Johnson, the quarterback, not the comedian. 317, three touchdowns, one interception, couple of sacks. He's, uh, you know, again, didn't play bad. You know, they got a little feisty as the game went on, but when it comes to it, Right down to it, overall, Colts dominate. And uh, I just kind of ran through some of the stats and stuff like that. Give me your thoughts on the game overall, Mr. Aaron. 
Well, one of the things I did have to count here, because it's ridiculous, and I highly encourage people to pull up Josh Johnson on Wikipedia, because it's so, the career history, which usually shows he's on this team from this year to year this year. He has played for 13 different NFL teams. Then uh, been, I guess, in and out of the league, technically, but came into the league in 2008. And you know what? Like for a guy to to have the longevity, uh, somehow he makes his way back. Like he'll go in 2019, plays for the San Diego Fleet. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what league that is. Uh, comes back into the, the NFL, NHL? leaves for maybe. It sounds like an arena football team. Mm. and. You know, comes back to the NFL the next year, though, he goes to the Los, Los Angeles Wildcats. So it's just I won't spend much won't spend much more time on that. It's just it's humorous because we always hear his name. It's like each year he does seem to like show up on a team. But for those wondering, 13 different NFL teams that does not include secondary stints with uh, three other teams, the Jets included. It played for the Jets previously 2015. <laughs> A true journeyman, a true journeyman. And keep getting them checks, you know, can't really, can't really fault them on that one. Uh, I think massive takeaway and the massive takeaway, of course, is the Jonathan Taylor game. And the other notable thing with the running backs was Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch on this one. So Mm -hmm. I want, because Jordan Wilkins got cut, I guess they rolled with just two running backs. And that's, that is a positive sign going forward with Jonathan Taylor. Because right. when you have a guy like Mac who is capable of taking some carries, it, it's this is what you want if you have Taylor on your teams. That's a nice sign. I don't think they have – I don't know the status on Deion Jackson, an undrafted rookie running back that I, I liked his profile. I mm. don't know if he got called up to the active roster or not. Um, then, of course, the Elijah Moore game. Oh, waiting all season so we'll dive a little deeper there really isn't anything from the colt side that stands out to me on the pass catchers there were only three guys that caught more than two passes in this game or sorry had more than two targets in this game i will say ashton doolin is certainly interesting but that's not in redraft leagues that's strictly dynasty uh, he has right. been getting more opportunities lately, but, you know, just a couple of targets in this one. The Looking at the Jets side, oh, man, there's the rough thing, the negative thing from a fantasy viewpoint is who's, who's the number one guy on this team? It's tough to tell. Really can't tell because two guys had eight targets, two guys had seven targets. You have – had Denzel Mims had five targets. He's alive, I guess. Right. But just a bunch of guys with three, four targets. So it gets gets messy it, on that one. It took Josh Johnson for Elijah Moore to have a big game. So who, who's to say? It's it's hard to trust right. anybody on this offense because, like, yeah. you know, think of how many people were like, yeah, Michael Carter after last week and then this week. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, do, I don't – Although I'll say, I mean, really the major thing with Carter is no touchdown because it was like he he had 86 yards from scrimmage, which is certainly not bad because Ty Johnson is going to get get some work there. And Ty Johnson, man, what a passing game specialist. I guess like, you know, you 
you see him do a little bit on the ground and then you go mm. to to his receiving lines lately and it's he only had a couple of catches in this one but he had 40 yards scored a touchdown he's he's been having some big games as a running back in a receiving stat line right. and, and i will say with michael Pittman, keep feeding that guy indianapolis come on yes. they have got just a bona fide stud with yep. that and and let's see the the thing i'll end on is back to ty johnson that is three straight games now that he's had 40 or more receiving yards I and mean, really really getting it done uh the the previous two games he had been targeted a combined 13 times and caught 11 passes the key he has a role he will be a thorn in the side of michael carter uh, fantasy managers because johnson it's it's like naheem hines to jonathan taylor you know, because you're gonna go man throw some passes jonathan taylor naheem hines is there so ooh, yeah, yeah you hate to see it but I don't know. I guess Ty Johnson seems to be uh, a risky flex play in PPR due to his usage in, in the passing game. Right. Agreed. Agreed. But there you go. Not one of our, our better primetime games, uh, uh, but it will suffice. Hey, you know, it's football. It's football. We'll take it. But we head into week nine Sunday. And uh, there's some news to get to before kind of discussion the on-field action. And we begin with, well, obviously some of this will pertain to on-field. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers heading into Kansas City. Wait, or is it in Green Bay? I want to say they're playing in Kansas City. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Yeah, heading into Kansas City. Jordan Love starting. And... um, Mm -hmm. So this is definitely going to be an interesting game. Aaron Rodgers is on the COVID list. I'm not going to get a ton into it because I'm sure I'll rant on this on my next miscellaneous debris podcast, which you can find anywhere you find this one, my non-sports pod. Check it out. So I just know. This dude can say I didn't lie all he wanted to, but this motherfucker lied. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Dude, he could say, oh, I, I did. he can try and play semantics all he wants. He wasn't being truthful. He wasn't being clear about it. And uh, it is what it is. I'm just like, if that's how you really feel, put some conviction on it. Like, I, I, I could argue all day with Cole Beasley, that dude's got hardly anything for proof or anything like that but he at least you know states his opinion his belief and this just very wishy-washy by Aaron Rodgers but you know what that doesn't matter when it comes to football I mean I guess kind of in this situation because there's probably a lot of people that figured he was vaccinated and wouldn't have to worry about some shit like this now there's a chance even if he was vaccinated, he might not have played this game anyway, but at least he'd be good to go back to practice next for next week. Um, whereas that's kind of a little more like it's, I think he'd be back next week, the day before the game or the day before. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> what do you think about Aaron Rodgers going to be out? What, what, what do you think we'll get from Jordan love? Uh, the Packers do get Devontae Adams back, it seems. Um, so, yeah. you know, 
this uh what do you think what do you think you think we're gonna get well, uh, a, a little bit of surprise from Jordan Love? We're gonna get a good game out of this dude. Well, the the interesting thing, and I I, I start by going to a prop pick for Jordan Love. Hmm. There's an over under on underdog fantasy. The number may change um, by the time that this is gone. Uh, that this podcast is up for the listeners. But right now, it's he has an over-under of 245 and a half passing yards for the Chiefs game. And there's several different ways to think of that. I think if you take the over, you're thinking, oh, the Chiefs, Chiefs defense sucks, and the Packers are going to have to play from behind. It's a perfect thing for this one. However, in the past three weeks, there's been two – opposing quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke, that aren't exactly known for being the best passers of the football. Daniel Jones, admittedly, has been much better this year, but like he walked in, he didn't have any weapons like at, at all. I mean, that was that was Sterling Shepard got hurt, Kadarius Tony got hurt. Mm. At that point, what you have Evan Ingram and a bunch of nobodies. And is that not what Green Bay is to to a degree, I mean, it's Devonte Adams, a whole bunch of nobodies. Like, I mean, you lost, you lost Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, mm. with the torn ACL. I don't know who takes his place because they have Mercedes Lewis, but he's more of the traditional like blocking tight end. He might can catch a pass or two a game, but he's not the same threat. And with with Heineke, it was the same thing. It's like there's Terry McLaurin. And Ricky Seals Jones, but nobody else. And both quarterbacks, I mentioned them because they both finished under 230 passing yards. Like people keep going, oh, it's a bad defense. I got to play these quarterbacks. But the quarterbacks have also got to be good too. Now, Jordan right. Love is, we know nothing about him. Like we didn't have a preseason last year, which would have been perfect for, mm. for him during his rookie season. Uh, didn't play at all because Aaron Rodgers. So the only thing we really have in a year plus with Jordan Love is we have some preseason games. I think he got a little bit of action in in maybe a couple of games this season, but nothing really like usually short passes, if anything. Mm. Not much at all. But I am leaning the under uh, on the prop because of one key thing. Aaron Rodgers on the season – was averaging less than that amount of passing yards. The the Packers are they're very much been a run heavy team, and they still are. The 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 head coach that came from Tennessee with the Derek with when he was working with Derek Henry has done the same right. thing with a combination of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And I I see I see them doubling down on the run game. Like that's what that's what you got to do. You know, people mm. are like, "Oh, you got to take advantage of this defense." No, I think what you really have to do is control control the clock. I mean, it's not going to be a fun game to watch if they do this, right. but uh, that's I know that's what they're going to do. I know it's what it's going to do. They're going to get an underdog pick here, people, and and I can't take credit. It's really from Josh Larkey over at Player <laughs> Profiler. But like when I started diving into the numbers, I was like, yeah. That's a difficult number to match. Like, don't don't fall for the narrative of the Chiefs' defense sucks. I mean, right. it does, 
but that that's not the magic code of why that why you would take needle. I do. It makes sense. You'll be happy if you're rostering Aaron Jones, I think, then. Mm-hmm. And I think for dynasty owners, like this is an exciting time because my goodness, have you had to be super patient? And now it's a time, it's not a permanent thing, but it could be a glimpse into next season. I think it's pretty safe to say. Right. A freaking miracle has to happen for Aaron Rodgers to be playing for the Packers next year based on all the tricky salary cap stuff plus the fact that Aaron Rodgers has just been done like and just real quick when we talk about like his his positive test is like it is worth thinking about of like maybe that could have played a part where he wasn't expecting the Packers to be seven and one at this point of the season like this this team really didn't have a whole lot of they seemingly didn't have a lot of talent. Well, right. especially on offense, especially on offense. So you wonder if that may have played a part where, you know, you just kind of go, I don't even want to be here anyways. So why even, why even bother to get the vaccine? Unlike like Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, the one right. that gets everyone on board. So it is messy. And I could tell you just, I listened to the full interview. Oh boy. You, you know the NFL's not happy. <laughs> you know they're, they're not happy. So it's nice little uh, – the NFL, the one of the greatest gifts, to be a quick point, they're always giving us drama, right? Like, that's very true. We can't, we're not going to have a story get, uh, get old, that's for sure, because nope. about the time that, that something's getting a little stale to talk about, in which we happens. will get into it. Yeah, we will get into those other stories you then have the Aaron Rodgers shenanigans right. and wait a couple of days, something else. Actually, there was something that happened today, but I will wait. I know when to add that, uh, that part. So that's coming up in, in this podcast too. Uh, would that be the OBJ? Not that, not that. Oh, okay. It's, well, that's where we're going next because that, hey, I, would, I, like I would almost say that Odell released I mean, he's got to clear waivers. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Because obviously they re, they did, they had to have come to some sort of agreement on his contract yeah. or something. So <clears throat> um, we'll see what happens. If he gets claimed, there's a chance he gets through waivers, then he's a free agent. If that happens, could go anywhere. The Packers could use some help. Odell could maybe be a helpful piece this year and for a young Jordan Love next year. Maybe, right? But you know, th- th- there's very real chance he he becomes a free agent if that occurs. Who do you got in mind? Who do you think would benefit greatly from having him? Gotcha. And do you One think person. he's even worth you know? And like, because th- listening to some podcast stuff the last couple of days. Some people seem to think he's still got some juice, so it's just going to be. And I don't know what the hell happened in Cleveland. Like it did clearly, it seems to me them dudes didn't like each other for one reason or another. Um, right. You, you got reports that some people weren't that happy with OBJ. Some people really liked him. So I I don't know. So I don't know. 
I don't really care. All I know is that's done. So we'll see what happens with the Browns. We'll get to them in a little bit. But OBJ, hmm. He's a wild card because uh, usually there's some players that get released and you go, oh, they want to go where they can win. But Odell Beckham, like, does he want to go and win a ring? Cool. He'll join the Rams, join the the Buccaneers. Like, you know, right. and, but then you go, because he's had like his entire tenure in Cleveland, it's been a massive disappointment. It's like, oh, maybe he wants to go somewhere. Like, does he even want to go to a playoff team? Maybe he just wants to go somewhere where it's like, oh, I can be the number one guy. Right. That so, might be it. But, but I'll say the – before I, – I actually have a team from each conference, but I didn't know if you were also going to give a, a pick uh, on that because if you are, I'll just choose my top team. Were you planning, oh, on, go ahead. planning on taking a guess on that or can I do an AFC, NFC? Go ahead. AFC – and it's tied with some recent news too, but the Raiders make a lot of sense. They they've mm-hmm. they've been passing a lot more this year. Currently, due to the unfortunate news that, of course, we will be covering later on this podcast. Right now, the the Raiders are sitting with three, count it, three wide receivers on the roster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could use them. Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro. Like, sweet, you can run eleven personnel. Some of the time, right? It, it just seems to be the fits there. The Raiders have been winning games despite the dysfunction, like they're right there in the thick of the playoff hunt. The NFC, what gets interesting with this one, a reunion or not a reunion, but a return to Louisiana to join the New Orleans Saints because there's definitely that. That seems to be the thing I think where. We talked about all these different things. Oh, he's going to want a clear top role so that he can, because wherever he goes, it's going to be a one-year contract. It's going to be the rest of the season. So go somewhere to be the number one guy, put up a lot of stats to show the league that at 29 years old, today's his birthday, happy birthday, Odell, that he could still get one last big payday in the NFL. But also the Saints have been winning, too, coming off right. a very impressive win against Tampa Bay. And also, like, what is it? They'll be able to put the stats because, like, Marquez Callaway, that, like, that's it. Like, it's, they have Deontay Harris has been getting so much run at receiver. That just seems to make a lot of sense because yeah. whatever team signs him, it's not going to be expensive. Like, it doesn't need to be it, he could, in theory, sign like a, a minimum contract. I don't think it'll be quite that low for him, but the team's not going to have to break the bank because Cleveland's going to be paying Odell. Like they're going to be paying him a good amount of money. Uh, we don't know the specifics. It's weird, but every team, the other thirty-one teams, there is potentially joins joins them all. Those are my two guesses: Raiders in the AFC, Saints in the NFC. Would love to see him with the Saints. I think that was your original question. Where do you, where do you, where do you think I see him playing? Where do I want him to play? That's where I want to go. Go to New Orleans with Trevor Simeon. <laughs> I definitely agree that that makes the most sense. Um, as far as me, I'll do AFC and NFC real quick too. I'll do I'll do the same thing. So. 
AFC, I'll start with the NFC. You know, I could go, you know, because the, the Saints are the team that's tied to Odell the most, too. Uh, but there is a little bit of San Fran in there. Heard a little bit about Seattle maybe being interested. No. Um, but I say Atlanta. Ooh. Because I like that. Calvin Ridley's out. We don't know when he's coming back. Uh, other than that, they're pretty thin to receiver position. They do have Kyle Pitts. But this way, right. you take some pressure off your rookie tight end by adding Odell Beckham. And then you got a hell of a trio to throw the fucking ball to next year, beyond whenever Ridley comes back. Ridley, Beckham. And fucking pits could be scary. Could be scary. So um, that would be just one that popped in my head. That's what the NFC one I'm going to go with. And the AFC, I'm going to say the Patriots. Because, I mean, God damn it. All your picks, your signings, they're terrible. They're, te- they're always terrible at this position. You suck at this right. position. Except for the one time you gave Tom Brady Randy Moss. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was great. But that was the one fucking time you really got. I mean, Edelman, Welker, they were good. But like a dominant stud receiver, Tom Brady had one through his whole time in New England, Randy Moss. Get this motherfucker, Odell Beckham. And then you got some complimentary pieces. You got the tight ends. You got a strong running game. Make him your young quarterback's guy. That's an that's an idea. So those are my couple just to kind of go outside of the box and outside of, you know, teams that I've heard already about. Uh, those are the two teams I decided to go with. So that was well, fun. look at some Vegas odds here. Um, the Patriots were are one of the teams. They currently have the fifth best odds. Uh, number one, number two are actually the two teams I talked about. So right now, the Raiders. <laughs> uh, this is from this morning, too. Who knows? And I, and these things. They ultimately, they, they don't mean too, too much. It's just, it is worth keeping track of because usually, especially one of those top teams, it's interesting. Now, the number three team is Patriots rival, the Bills, which I go, mm. that's interesting because they seem set at receiver. I mean, even like, you know, their number four receiver, Gabriel Davis, a promising young second-year player. I just – very interesting wherever he go, like that will be fun and i don't think we'll know he'll clear waivers on monday if i'm not mistaken he so, hits waivers monday yeah. um maybe so yeah tuesday. he'll go through them and then we'll find out yeah i don't know i guess maybe tuesday so yeah i'm surprised i don't see atlanta on this one but i i thought your points were extremely valid there yeah it just seems to make a lot of sense and man that is pretty nice to think of like Kyle Pitts, Odell Beckham. Right. right. It, it, it would be interesting on that one, but Definitely. I don't know. Is that, that all we got on, uh, on this one with, with yeah, Mr. Well, let's I know we wrap up the Odell series. talk. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So next topic or next news worthy item, Tyrod Taylor starting for the Texans Sunday. 
uh, versus Miami. I'm just kind of interested to see because at the beginning of the year, Texans were a little feisty. And and you know what? Davis Mills has had some moments recently, but uh, I'm definitely, you know, they still got a few interesting players pertaining to fantasy. So it'll be interesting to see what Tyrod can do for the offense. Certainly, certainly. And I know, well, really Texans fans are just depressed right now, but people keep going, why are you pulling out the rookie quarterback for the 32-year-old journeyman quarterback that will probably be playing somewhere else next year? That's Mm -hmm. just what Tyrod does. And I get it. I get it. It is weird. I see it both. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say it it is kind of weird, though, because you would think given the position they're in, they might, I mean. Right. If the idea is, oh, he'll, he's better for our team, we'll win more games. Like, do you really want to? But, you know, teams, coaches, they're competitive. They want to win. Like, I'm sure. Certainly. I'm sure. What is the Texans coach name? David. Cut, cut. Oh, I'm just on the blade. Coley, 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 C-U-L-L-E-Y, I believe. There you go. Let's see. I have to look at it. I, we, I think we all do. I think even people in the Texans organization, David <laughs> Coley. David Coley. Even the GM's like. I wanted to say cut. Yeah, even the GM's like, who did I hire? <laughs> hey, you were close. But, uh, yeah, look, like, he he's not trying to have a shit record his first season as a so you know but it it, it is yeah. a little curious but like i said we'll have to see what this means for fantasy and uh i'm always intrigued by that when there's a new quarterback oh we got to reevaluate skill position players let's check it out so right and it's exactly. houston versus miami sorry sorry i'll let you i know. love it it's the it's the two two a watson but, oh well yeah it's great <laughs> it's great but what well, i will say the timing the timing on this one with going to tyrod it, it's unfortunate because davis mills arguably came off his I mean, maybe not his best game he did have a game the the new england game he was really good right right um but yeah it's like ah oh, 310 passing yards two touchdowns and we're benching him but also it's like well look in the four previous games, like he had the awesome three touchdown game, but the other three games, he had zero touchdowns to six interceptions Right in, with Mills with Mills. I think it was good. You got to see what you had in this guy, but the other side of that, like, that is the Texas fans thinking we're not going anywhere. Let's keep with the rookie quarterback to see if we got anything. And I would argue you've seen, you know what you have in them. You have six full games. Uh, with that. Uh, and then with, with Tyrod, the, the positive thing is you have some interesting weapons on offense, in particular right. rookie receiver, Nico Collins and the rookie tight end Brevin Jordan, that was starting to get some playing time finally, because uh, the starter Farrell Brown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The starter Farrell Brown goes down and Brevin Jordan, that, that is, that's a pass catching tight end. And when you put in a veteran quarterback that may be a little bit more accurate, especially at this point of their careers, that allows you to properly evaluate the receiving weapons to go. What exactly is Nico Collins? Could this be a big 
a, a building block, a building block for the future. Or Brevin Jordan, who just finally got his opportunity. Now you get to really see what you got with him. So I think it's the right move. And it, and I feel good for Tyrod because that poor dude, I mean, right. the, the, the needles last year where like, that's how you lose your starting job. Yeah. So it, yeah. and here's a fun stat for you too. If you're absolutely, de- well, not absolutely desperate, but if you're streaming quarterbacks and if he's still there, like have some confidence with Tyrod Taylor, like, be, be, you don't have to feel bad about, Oh, it's Texas quarterback because the Miami dolphins are the only defense in the NFL to average allowing over 300 passing yards a game. Like that was a passing defense we thought was going to be good because you had, yep. you had Xavier Howard and Byron Jones uh, as the two outside corners. And you're like, yeah, just, you're not going to beat us on the outside, but clearly over 300 passing yards a game allowed through the air, not the cakes. It's, t- it's, it's insane how badly they fall, like how far they've fallen. I mean, from damn near a playoff team last year to this, it's uh yeah, it's something. This is going to cost people jobs. It, yeah. it will. Like, it was that miscalculation of the Dolphins. And this could be a whole other podcast. So I'll only finish this one thought. That miscalculation there has set that franchise back maybe half a decade. Right. Okay. Depressing. Speaking of depressing, we move on to a depressing story. Um, And it's obviously the Henry Ruggs situation. And I just want to say, because I have some personal ties to this in a couple of different directions, to be honest, Um, because my mother, when she was a teenager, lost both of her parents to a drunk driver. And obviously that did some damage. And to this day, you know, I see and hear things with my mom, just that you can tell there's still a lot of that that's she carries with her. So I've seen maybe not firsthand, because obviously I wasn't alive when it happened, but I've, I've firsthand, I've seen the repercussions of what that can do to a family. Um, On the same token, I've been out there driving drunk. I'm a recovering alcoholic. One of the things that I've, I've, and when I used to go to AA, I would talk about it. I can't be any more grateful. I mean, of course, I'm grateful to be alive, that I survived, you know, that drinking career. But it's, it, it, I, I was out there doing it, but I'm so grateful that I never did, that nothing like this ever did happen because I know what it put my mom through. So I was extremely grateful that I did not do that to another family. You know what I mean? So it's now, I was also never driving 156 miles an hour, but my drunk's a little bit different than everybody else's, I suppose. And, you know, some people are gonna, you know, get kicks out of going fast in a car while drunk. I was always, 
when I was driving drunk, I was always trying to go slow and careful so I didn't get pulled over because jail sucks. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a shitty situation. Um, as you said, football-wise, that leaves the Raiders pretty strapped at the position. And uh, it just sucks because a young person and her dog lost their life. And another young person is going to lose a chunk of his behind bars and not really life, but freedom and all of that, which you would know is life. And uh, it's a shame, but particularly this day and age, come on, people, we got Uber, Lyft. I mean, you know, I'm not going to criticize too much just because I don't drink anymore, but you know, that's their resources out there. Let's come on, take advantage of them, you know? And uh, that's really all I got to say. Yeah. And the only thing I'll add on that one is because, you know, you, you get, you, you'll get shamed if you go, I want to keep thoughts and prayers for like, obviously the victim, right. And the victim's family, like, yes, because that, that person, I would assume was just, it was a normal night minding their own business. Mm. Right. And, but you know, for rugs, it's like, we also have to think about like, that's, it was a horrific accident that as you point out, could have absolutely been avoided by just having a little bit of humility and going, you know, I'm not going to show off this fancy Corvette to, to the, the young lady that I was with. Um, that he was trying to impress that he also injured too but like he's gonna have to live with that the rest of his life and that's gonna be a very difficult thing it's like yeah there's gonna be the consequences for your actions but then it's gonna be those moments where it's it's night and it's quiet and like you're just there like reliving that over and over and over Mm -hmm. so for rugs like his his career is surely over it's and that is that's so crazy. Like in one moment you're on top of the world as like, as an athlete. Right. And the next moment it's just gone like that, but it, that should be the reminder. Like that should be like, he could turn this into a positive thing much further down the road. You think you start exactly. using that, like maybe, maybe to mentor the youth. To, yeah. To be like, you know. look, I had it all. I was drafted before CD. So I should not go. <laughs> yeah. It, I shouldn't have taken it. There. But uh, humor is my way of dealing with really crappy situations. But mine too. you just hope that for him and, and you hope for rugs that like, is he a horrible person? No. He more than likely just made a really horrific decision that he'll have to live with the consequences for the rest of his life like even past jail so just hope that with rugs he can maybe make the best out of a situation like that and try to i mean you can't bring a person back to life right you can't do that but you can live the rest of your life going look like i'm gonna be telling my story and going don't drive drunk don't do this try to and make an impact on these other collegiate athletes that maybe if he never comes in contact with, they end up with a similar story. But like the details on that, 
I can't like 156 miles per hour. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Just, that's what I'm saying. I heard that and I was just yeah. like, oh, and because it sounds like the uh, sentence is like a two to 20 year type of thing. And it's like, man, with that kind of information, and he had a gun in the car again, and like yeah. it, he's likely to get, I'd say, probably on the heavier side. But what the hell do I know? Um, right. But yeah, it's just overall shitty situation. Um, yeah. You know, I'd like to punch him and hug him, punch him because it's like. You know, that's the, you know, the dad, the brother in me, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, kind of. And then I'd like to hug him because I know that's, again, one of the things that I am most grateful for in sobriety is that I never did that because I don't think I could handle living with it. I don't think I could. Um, At least I didn't at the time. Maybe I'm a little more mentally sound now, but... (laughs) I know early on in sobriety, no fucking way. So like that's, if you ask me, unless he's a complete shit human being, that's going to be quite the punishment in itself. And I know that, like you said, doesn't bring anybody back or anything like that. Um, It just sucks, man. It sucks. So we'll, we'll wrap it up and move on to the next i sorry you look like you had something and actually yeah and actually real quick too because it's it seems like they're i don't know like maybe the only connection on this is that it's raiders as well but ironically their other first round pick from 2020 damon arnett uh, the cornerback has like this video where he's like waving a a heavy duty gun i mean I, i don't know my guns but i'm like how the hell like why would you purchase something like that? It's like stuff that you would, I don't know, you're playing GTA or something. Like, right. what the heck? And and he's on, he's on video. I don't know who he's talking to, but it's like telling us, like whoever he's talking to, like, yeah, show up here and I'm going to kill you. Like, you know, he, he legit makes a threat. And so it's like, dude, like <laughs> you just had your teammate just kill a person on accident like yeah a horrific decision making like we talked about and and that's what you're gonna do like i mean i sit there and if i'm the raiders gm i'm cutting him too like just on pure stupidity it's it's like we you know and, and also like it's clear you it starts with it started with john gruden and then the henry ruggs decisions like this team's winning but they got to get that culture in check. Like it is not that every locker room's perfect, but right. the good locker rooms know how to keep anything that's going on like this within closed doors. And you know what, with the Raiders team like this, you go, we don't need that. We don't need that distraction. I mean, shoot, our nets, it probably makes it a little easier because I don't even think he is, he is starting to pull up the Raiders step chart real quick. I'm, I was pretty certain because I remember when they drafted him, like the, the draft people were like, what, that, that's that's a reach. Like that's the guy you took 19th overall oh, yeah. in like yeah. third round. And I don't think he's a starter. Oh, come on. It's pulling up the depth chart ever so slowly. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, he – where is he even at? Is he injured? 
there he is. So Damon Arnett was was even active. Oh, he yeah. was on IR. So, but yeah, when he comes back, like they Casey Hayward <sighs> is locked down one of the spots. They have a rookie in, in Nate Hobbs that's locked up the nickelback spot. Like he would have been a backup. I'm pretty certain. So, but you just go. You know what? No, we're not dealing with this crap. We, we and and you have to applaud the Raiders front office of. They were swift. They were swift with what they did with rugs. And that, that was absolutely the right decision. And they may be swift with our, our net too. And I think it, it does. It's more of like, if something like that happens, if you didn't have the rug situation, maybe you handle it differently, but I feel like you just go, you know what? Nope. Not doing this. We have enough negative uh, PR from Gruden to rugs to now this Arnett video. It ain't pretty. Uh, so the most dysfunctional team in the NFL that's sitting at what they're five and two, I think like they're, yes. they're, they're up there. So, and they're playing the giants this week. So that's a winnable game, but it's like, you know, how much can this team take? How, how, you know, so it, they're an intriguing team to watch. And now I'm, I'm really going to see what happens with Brian Edwards. So, um, but yeah, Let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and get into our week nine look ahead. Love it. We are back. The children have been dealt with. And we go to our week nine preview. And I begin with start the timer, tighten up. So no Derrick Henry. What do you expect? Obviously, I think we can both agree that Jeremy McNichols becomes very interesting. Uh, but Julio still questionable. Um, what do you expect from this offense? I overall in general am worried, but that doesn't mean I don't think McNichols is going to be solid because I think he can be. We'll see what AP's role is when he gets in there. But yeah, yeah, sorry. I've asked you twice what your thoughts are, and then I keep talking, so please. That's okay. That's okay. So I I see the, the backfield changing of more of a traditional two-back system. Peterson may be early downs, McNichols third downs, and you'll see McNichols have some early down carries as well. Because I feel like McNichols is just the, the better option. He's not just mm. a pass catching guy. He's been his running ability has been solid, solid in the efficiency metrics. Mm. So it may be one of those things. We've discussed this way back in the offseason. The end of the day, running backs don't really move the needle much. I, and the perfect example is the Ravens. And it, and I, I know people will go, oh, but the Titans are different. No, they're not. They're not. The Ravens were a run-heavy team. So your question was, how, what changes do I see with this team? It now becomes Ryan Tannehill has to step up. And it's, it is perfect that A.J. Brown in the last three games or so 
has looked like AJ Brown. All right. That's going to be fantastic. If they could get Julio Jones healthy and maybe Odell Beckham joins them, that could be a dark horse, but going to be a lot more passing. Uh, I would invest heavily in the pass catchers in Tennessee. And I would also include Jeremy McNichols. Okay. So you don't think it's going to hurt him enough? Like, I got to feel like if teams know it's not Derrick Henry, like obviously the still the run game can still be productive. You know, Derrick Henry is just one of those, you know, we talked about it for non quarterbacks. Like, man, that's one of those guys you just don't want to lose. So um, I, 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 I just want to see how they go because I do wonder if putting it more on the passing on more on Tannehill's shoulders, if that'll be good long-term, but uh, I think you're right. Fantasy wise, I think it's going to help AJ Brown regardless. Now we'll see if it helps the team overall, if Julio can get in there and get, you know, get his going, you know, because that should be very plausible now. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I want to see, I want to see how it goes. Uh, there's, there's a very good chance they're definitely going to have to throw uh, if they get, they get down against those Rams. Oh, is that, that is her. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting. It will be very interesting. All right. What's our next team? All right, next, next. Ooh, there we go. That's a, that's a, that start again. Timer went off. Uh, new look Saints. We got the new look Saints. Now, very good chances. Trevor Simeon. Do we think we'll see Taysom Hill at some point? Does it matter? Is it going to be just kind of the same shit to Winston? Does any of this change if they get Odell? What do you think about the Saints right now? Because they're five and two, man. And, you know, Alan Kamara up to this point has been really the dude you could count on. Um, right. So I don't, I, I don't know. Like, no, Michael Thomas isn't coming back. So, I mean, if they get an Odell, is he going to be fantasy relevant even? Like, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of figure out. Right. And to go through this, well, the very, the very first thing is Sean Payton himself has confirmed Trevor Simeon starting quarterback, which then goes. So Taysom Hill has to be the most expensive gadget player of all time. Right. It, that is a pretty telling sign. And trust me, I've been team Taysom the entire time. I think part of that is love rooting for the guy because everyone else hates his guts. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he scores fantasy points. I like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, let's see. Taysom Hill, I know, is he came back from an injury. Maybe it's still, he's still affected by it. Did he? He had a concussion. It, I don't show him. Yeah. Did he play? I don't think he played in the last game. Ah, I'm sorry, I didn't even no. catch that game. But okay. No, yeah. So he's been out for a couple of weeks. So yeah, I thought he came back for this game. I was mistaken, but that's then that's clearly the reason right there why Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon started. It's like you Taysom Hill hasn't had any playing time. 
but it is a little awkward that you got a guy making as much money as Taysom Hill, being a backup. Uh, does it change much? I don't, I don't really think so because Trevor Simeon actually has the most passing attempts of a Saints quarterback in a single game with 29. Like they, the Saints for the season, for half a season, have clearly not been about passing the ball. Right. And maybe for some obvious reasons, there's a lack of, you know, receiving talent on, on there. But you look at, they just, they brought in Mark Ingram recently and they went ahead and gave, gave him some work. And you have Alvin Kamara. It's very clear that this team, they are going back to what, like 2017, 2018. Ground and pound. Ground and pound. Where they call and, themselves Thunder and Lightning or something like that. Right, right. Ingram and so Kamara. Clearly they're going to keep it on, on the ground. I know they have a talented defense. It's just going to be, and I say that the Saints scored 36 points, but like remember, there was like two defensive touchdowns, maybe. I've actually got the box score pulled up. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, there was there was one. There was one, but there was a lot of field goals. Yeah. Know? So so you, when you sit there and you take out the field goals and the touchdowns, it was like there was three touchdowns, like the, the offense scored 20 points. I heard the timer. That's it. <laughs> it's the predator sound. I love it. <laughs> All right. We move to the Battle of Ohio, my friend. Cleveland, Cincinnati. I think this will be a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can obviously play your, your Bengals players. I do think you can count on them. But for the Cleveland side, I'm really interested to see with Odell back out of the picture and out of the picture for good now. I want to see how it goes. I want to see <clears throat> because clearly there's something there that was causing tension with him completely away. I would like to see if that does anything positive for the offense at all. And that's mainly good at what I'm going to be looking for with the Browns. Um, but I, I think that just football wise, this could be one of the better games of the, this could be a fun one, I think. So I'm going to be excited to check up on this one. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, you know, the Bengals in this matchup bouncing back and Cleveland without Odell going for, give it to me. I think the number one interesting thing is just thinking about the fact that start of the season, if you would have told me two teams are meeting at the midpoint of the season and the Bengals have the better record than the Browns, I would have laughed. So it is, this will be a pivotal game for both teams mm-hmm. because they're only separated by a game. Uh, can Cleveland get back on track? Because he, you drop a game, you go to four, four and five. You're still in the playoff hunt, but geez, you know, like right. you're going to have to play some really impressive second half football. Yes. And for the Bengals, like, can you bounce back? Can you bounce back from, oh, who was it? It was the Jets. You know, you, you lost to the Jets. Like, you, you really don't want that to be the turning point of your season where you lost to the Jets and then you lose to the Browns and, Right. You lose to whoever you play next. So it's for, for both teams, it's a, it's a get right game. It's can we get our seasons back on track? Not, not really that the Bengals season has been off track, but it will yeah. be interesting. I want to see more Burrow to chase touchdowns. Chase with seven touchdowns, eight games. Can we get another touchdown? I can't wait. 
I cannot either. And speaking of these bounce back and getting on back on track, as you say, um, the Chargers, you think they can get back on track? Um, because they have not been good um, mm. the past couple of weeks. I mean, if I believe, if I remember right, I think Eckler's actually been solid, but they, they, they have not been, regardless, the same Herbert's offense. Yeah, yeah, they have not even been close. So, on the road, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, and them boys coming off of a solid game themselves. So, what do you think? about, well, really both offenses in this matchup? And uh, do the Bolts get a bounce back? Man, it is a team that's not playing up to its potential the last couple of weeks. They have just got – Justin Herbert's not been good at all, and it's because of what you're talking about. Offense is not on – the offense is just off. And really the big part of that was they changed the way they were using Mike Williams. If they are starting to use Mike Williams – in the old Mike Williams role, you know, the he's 6'4", 220 pounds, and just going to have him run deep. And it's, no, the, the Mike Williams that was dominating fantasy football was being used like Michael Thomas. And right. I don't know why they change things, but until that changes, yeah, like they stupid. have to, they really do, because they had something that was just working. I don't know why they changed it. I don't know at all. Uh, so you're going against the Eagles, who are winless at home, believe it or not. I am going to say the Chargers do get back on, on track there. But it'll be difficult because the Eagles' defense does not give up a lot of passing yards or fantasy points mm. to the wide receiver position. So it look for Justin Herbert, Jared Cook connection. That's going to be a good one. Like the Eagles are super bad against tight ends. And on the, the Eagles side, we have nothing to go off of on that last game. We re- we really don't. Like that was That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. But Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard is that guy. And I would say for like DFS, Devontae Smith's going to be fine. He ran nine routes in that last game. But it's because Jalen Hurts only dropped back for 14 passes. It was, you know, a super weird game. Right. Devontae Smith's been running a lot of routes. I'm comfortable because they should be playing from behind too as a home team. Like Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, I'm not afraid of playing those guys. Neither I. Neither I. And uh, I don't have anything to add. So move on to the next one. Dax returns. And really, this is pretty simple and easy to me. Obviously, this is great. I mean, hey, we got by with Cooper Rush in there last week, right? But right. Dak returning, even better, even better. And um, <clears throat> shit, who the hell do they play? The Vikings, right? Nope. No, the Broncos. Broncos. So the Vikings they played the Vikings yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, duh. what am I thinking? Cooper Rush beat the Vikings. <laughs> And unfortunately, they lost Daniel Hunter, which which sucks because he, he he's one of my favorite defensive players. And uh, so it sucks that he's gone down. But the team the Cowboys played this week, <laughs> the Denver Broncos. So Denver, obviously, dealing Von Miller to the Rams. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, got to weaken the defense a little bit. Not that he is what he used to be, but still. And uh, it's in Dallas, and then it just seems like a, hey, let's get Dak right game. And um, that's really all I have to say about it. I'm sure it'll be fine. The Broncos will continue their slide, their dissension. Uh, (laughs) Um, Although they did win last week. But anyway, yeah, that's pretty simple to me. It's going to be good to have Dak back, though. Absolutely, because on, on one hand, and just briefly with the Vikings game, I will say that Cowboys win just shows that that roster, the roster is is good. When you can bring in a backup quarterback, it's Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush is okay. He, he's okay at best. And you can win a game on the road like that. That tells you more about like how the rest of your roster is. Yep. So then this home game against the Broncos, which, as you talked about, it's not just Vaughn Miller getting traded – uh, Bryce Callahan, their their guy, he's one of their cornerbacks. He yep. specifically, he's their nickelback. He's injured, and, and so the defense has just been taking hits because they were already losing linebackers each every direction. Like you turn your head that way, linebackers getting hurt. You look that way, that linebacker. Oh my goodness, I think they amputated his leg. It, the defense is not what it was in the the first few weeks, and. and that's they're not a bad defense. It's just unfortunately injuries hit, and that's going to affect any any team. It can make a good team just straight up horrible. And the Cowboys are favored by ten points. By the way, absolutely absurd on this one. It yeah. will be a happy Dak reunion because I agree. He'll be able to move the ball. Although I got a quick prediction, we see some uh, Drew Lock in it. this game. Okay. Okay. I, I, happen at I some point. See. At some point, they're gonna want to see Ooh. a little bit of them. They're not going to the playoffs. No. I, I have to say, I heard your alarm go off. I heard your alarm go off. Oh, you're right. You're right, right. As you finished that lap. Well, no, I it was it was perfect. You had just it was, finished. and then I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's okay. I just I was impressed that you finished that thought right on the dot. The next yeah, second, the alarm goes Thank, off. Yeah. Like, Thank man, you. perfect timing. Thank you. I appreciate the recognition. <laughs> All right. Last topic. Banged up birds versus the 49ers. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins look to be a game time decision. And they're playing this 49ers team. But you can't get a real grip on there. Another weird team. And Jimmy Garoppolo has not been great. Um, and you know what? Still, like, last – Last week was such a weird game because the, the San Francisco offense did pick it up in the second half. But I remember what really sparked them was a big, gigantic third and 20 run into the – and I'm telling you, like, that play, like, the, that was totally given to them. So it, it's kind of like it, – yeah, it's it, – <clears throat> I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not necessarily sold on this 49ers team. This 49ers it does look like they might get George Kittle back. Um, if anything, worst case scenario next week, but it does sound like they'll get it back. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm just, maybe I just keep thinking about this because I, I would find them more exciting with Trey Lance in there. And maybe that's just where my brain goes, but uh, I never hit start on the timer. God damn it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it down to two minutes for that. There we go. So, 
I'm just hoping the Cardinals that that Kyler's good to go, and you know we can get our normal Cardinals offense. Although AJ Green is out, so hello Rondale Moore. But especially if I, like this could be Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, they could have big games. Now, where was I? Now you know what I'm done. <laughs> I talked about the Cardinals. I'm hoping Kyler Murray plays. Because if he doesn't, I'm a little worried about the output for the rest of the offense. But uh, otherwise, yeah, got my feelings out about the Niners. I'll throw it to you. Well, and that's where I come in with the bad news. The stuff I was seeing recently was saying that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins for Arizona are both going to be out. So, because oh, no. Murray did sprain his ankle. And right. typically, like, I mean – even a mild one, you're more than likely going to miss a game. And on the San Francisco side, I will say that if you have Debo Samuel, he, he may not be able to play him. I'll be a Dino to playing him this week because I think he's dealing with an injury. I don't remember the specific injury. but the, And credit to – there was someone on Twitter like early this week that was going – you know what, Murray, Hopkins, and Debo are not going to play in this game. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be an ugly game. And I kind of – it's a home game for San Francisco. And my bold take is I think San Francisco is going to win. You know what? No Kyler Murray, it would not surprise me at all. So right. would not surprise me at all. Uh, oh, and look at that. With three seconds to spare, my friend – Hello, Predator. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, buddy, that was a good pod. Did did you have any additional thoughts, any other games or players, anything you wanted to mention? I'll say no additional teams or players, but if you enjoyed this podcast, you need to make sure to subscribe to us. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Follow us on Twitter. Our, our podcast Twitter is at DW underscore pod. You can find me, Aaron, the salary captain, Stuart, on Twitter. It's at Aaron Stu09. And Ryan, where can they find you at on Twitter? At RMK Madness. That is right. That is right. And we head off into the night. <sighs> and we prepare ourselves for Sunday much halfway through man welcome to the <sighs> show half god damn all right everyone we're getting the hell out of here stay safe stay vigilant stay mad until next time from the captain chat out here hot top for now